Welcome back. We are pleased to welcome to the show now the Sangamon County Public Health Director, Gail O'Neill, and the county's medical director, Dr. Vidya Sundaration. And just as we uh, were starting to go on the air, we've just gotten the latest update in numbers from the county and the various uh, medical care organizations here locally. Gail, let me start with you. Uh, What are the latest numbers we have here in Sangamon County? In Sangamon County, we have um, 31 positives, and uh, of those positive people, uh, six, of, six of them have recovered. We have had 662 people tested and uh, are still waiting for very few results. So we we're, the testing is, results are coming back a little faster to us than they used to before. So um, we still have a little bit of lag time, but we're getting some good information. And we had no new positives reported today. No new cases today. And and just to clarify, because uh, I believe that the number we were telling people yesterday was 35. But at that point, you were including uh, not just Sangamon County residents, but also non-county residents who were being treated here when they got their confirmed test. You're no longer including that in your total. Right. We find that's really confusing for people. The hospitals were both, I think, early on, we were trying to say, yes, we're, we're seeing this in our community and we're taking care of people. But the, they weren't Sangamon County residents. And as we're seeing reported by the state and every place else, if we, it'll be much easier for us to keep track of if we just monitor and, and report the numbers of those that are Sangamon County residents. So, uh, again, uh, for county residents, 31 uh, confirmed cases now, and you uh, you have now started reporting the number of people who are, quote, recovered from this. That number is six out of those 31. What is exactly does that mean to say they have recovered? Well, we were trying to send a message that, yes, you can recover from this. Um, recovered from our perspective is the person is no longer being daily monitored by a public health nurse, um, which when someone's infected, then we do some contact tracing and some studying with them and call them every day. Um, their doctor may as well to check on them and see how they're doing. So um, once a person you know, maybe had some mild case of, of uh, COVID-19, we check with them um, for at least 14 days. Once they're better and it's felt that they're and their contacts are no longer potentially infectious, infectious, we kind of close them out and say that they're free to carefully return to their life. And, you know, they may not be, feel 100 percent, but we don't feel that they pose a risk to the community at this so time. They would not be contagious in any way after that. And that would be at least 14 days after confirmation of the diagnosis. Yeah, this is Dr. Vidya Sandration. I uh, wanted to add um, the virus can uh, shed for up to 30 days after the initial infection, but 14 days is, is what they're actively monitored uh, for any kind of uh, uh, um, severity of symptoms or any kind of complications. So once that, that 14 days is uh, over and done with the active surveillance or active monitoring um, is period is over if they're at home. And if they're in the hospital, uh, then, of course, uh, till they are recovered and ready to go home, uh, all, that, all that time also counts. Uh, so they can shed virus uh, a long time after this, uh, but uh, not to the extent uh, that they are when they're very sick. 
Uh, but there, there's still a possibility of shedding the virus for up to a month or even longer. So we do want everybody to, to take all those appropriate precautions, face covering, social distancing, etc. I have to note, though, that last week in particular, it seemed like we were seeing a, a sudden big surge in cases. I think we had six new cases one day uh, and maybe seven new cases on a, on a separate day. Uh, we saw the number of cases double in about five days. That pace has seemed to slow down considerably. And as you've noted, we've worked through almost the entire backlog of cases to now we're just in single digits of tests that are still outstanding. So does all that suggest we've turned a corner here in Sangamon County? Well, I think part of it is it was taking a while to get some test results in the beginning. Um, and that that's also has to do with the time that we, we deal with the, pub, you know, the public. Um, sometimes it took them 10 days to get results back in the beginning. And there's some that are still out from quite a while ago, but they're starting to turn over quicker and there's more labs available. So we do see tests sometimes now in a day or two, um, and three sometimes at the most. So uh, I wanted to add that uh, we're also tracking the percentage positives of the total numbers sent. Um, And again, it is really affected by the number of tests which are coming back. And uh, like um, uh, Gail was mentioning, um, we had a huge backlog earlier, and they've started to come in a lot quicker. But the percentage positives here uh, in our county remain um, between four and five percent, which is which is uh, has been consistent. So uh, we we are um, um, maintaining uh, some steady ground there, but uh, you know there's still scope to go down there. Um, on those numbers. And so uh, from from the numbers that you're seeing, and, and again, I saw now on the press release, it was last week around uh, the, the second and third, we saw that substantial increase in cases. And since then, it's been one or none uh, each day. Um, but that doesn't in any way indicate to you that we are at any point close to being able to relax some of these guidelines. We need to maintain the kind of strict measures that have been in place now for a few weeks. Oh, this would be the terrible time for us to relax anything. It seems that we have been um, consistently working toward that, and um, we may be, what we're doing may very well be working um, because we did test. The people that we've tested were sick people. They just weren't people off the street um, that just wanted a test or just to give us an idea of what's going on in the general public. These were people that were sick. So we think that that's a sign of the social distancing's working and people putting in an effort to do this. Now, I I wanted to ask, because in the release that just came out, we have seven tests that are still pending. And again, that's down dramatically from even just a few days ago. But we also have 22 inpatients at Memorial and HSHS St. John's that are, quote, under investigation. If they're in the hospital and they're being monitored as possible COVID-19 cases, why haven't they just been tested and they're included in part of that uh, test pending number? They probably have been tested, and um, but those are not all well, not all Sangamon County residents. I see. They, both hospitals serve you know many hospitals in this area, and a lot of those people are probably not Sangamon County residents. Okay, so when you have, say you've got seven tests pending, those are only for Sangamon County residents. You're looking at correct. All right, we're here. So with, I, I just want to go ahead. I just want to add here the the data. Uh, you there are lots of sources for uh, information here. Um, the data that's coming out of the press release uh, from the county uh, is exclusive to uh, Sangamon County. 
uh, a lot of the patients that are admitted to the hospitals do come from other counties and, and those do get added. And uh, it's important to make sure that we're not duplicating these numbers. So uh, we're looking at these numbers very carefully uh, before reporting them. And Gail, you said this is not the time to let up. Do we need to be looking at any tighter restrictions? Governor Pritzker mentioned a couple of days ago about maybe checking everybody's temperature before we allow them into grocery stores because a lot of people are still going out to grocery stores and, and even uh, you know, big box hardware stores and things looking for items. Should it be checking people's temperatures before they go into those locations? Or is allowing carry out and drive through, is that too risky? Should we tighten things even further from a public health perspective? That's a tough one. Um, a couple things with, with uh, taking temperatures. Ideally, everybody would take their own temperature at home and kind of keep an idea um, of what's going on with them. Um, there is a shortage of the, the laser um, thermometers that you can point at the forehead and get a, a temperature for people quickly and efficiently that doesn't touch them. Um, and there's a real shortage of those, actually. So that's been a, a hot item and something that has yeah. caused us not to do as much of that as we'd want, um, along with masks, and we need thermometers. But, um, <laughs> you know, I just we're real concerned about letting up on anything. Um, right now. I wanted to ask, go ahead, doctor, please. So, uh, yeah, as Gail mentioned, it's very, very important to continue what we are doing. Uh, And, um, you know, at at some point, uh, based on the numbers and the number positives and uh, how these numbers are tracking, we we possibly may need to even tighten things uh, for the time being. Um, regarding uh, temperature checking, the hospitals are already doing that. Um, when whenever anybody is entering uh, into the hospital, uh, they're checking temperatures. Again, um, a fever is present in a lot of people, but it may not be present in the early part of the illness. So, uh, you know, temperature checks are important. They do give us information, but may not always give the complete information. So tracking these numbers and and, uh, continuously reviewing our public health measures to make sure uh, we are doing the right thing to control the virus adequately is important. One of the issues that's being looked at now statewide is uh, a, whether there's a disproportionate number of cases in uh, the uh, African-American community, other people of color. Uh, and I haven't seen any kind of a breakdown here in Sangamon County. We did get to see finally a breakdown by zip code. We know that there were seven cases in the 62702 at the north end of town, six cases in 62711 south and west uh, parts of, of Springfield and Sangamon County. Um, but have we seen any sort of a racial or demographic breakdown of our 31 positive cases here to see whether, in fact, there is some disproportionate representation among poorer people, people of color, other sorts of identifying factors? We have, of our 31 cases, 20 of them are female and 11 are male. Um, And the age range runs from 21 to 99. We did look for some of that information um, to see if we could pull that out about uh, race or ethnicity. Um, Many of our records that we've gotten don't have that information on them. I mean, there's there's a possibility we could go back and try to find the medical records of each of these people that are on our positive list, and we may be able to do that, but we've never... Even even looked at it by race from the beginning of this. I see. Um, uh, so, and and I, sometimes I, the lab forms that come with us don't have that information on them. I want to go back and check the math. You said twenty-one female, eleven male, but that would add up to thirty-two, not thirty-one. 
You're right. It was 20 female and 20. 11 male. 20 female, 11 male. Um, yeah, but... We, we did get to see today from the state uh, some numbers on ICU beds locally and that we still have 51% of the ICU beds in the Springfield area available to us. Um, is that an adequate number at this stage of the process since we do expect cases to continue to grow regionally and statewide for days to come yet? Are you concerned as to where we are right now in terms of bed availability? That's one of the things that every morning at our incident command meetings that we go over, um, we go over a lot of things in the community. And one of them is, have we, do we have a concern at either of our hospitals that there's not enough beds or equipment to take care of patients? And we're assured that there's, there's still plenty now. Um, and it, but it's a day-to-day thing. We're kind of in, in the uh, green for good to go um, with the hospitals. And I'm sure they'll let us know if it gets to that point where it's something else. But they've got backup plans and backup plans. So and, at and, this point. And how about PPEs? Uh, how, how are we stocked for those at, at the various, uh, not just the hospitals, but also Springfield Clinic and, and SIU Healthcare and everybody else that uh, needs this sort of uh, material to be able to uh, to check out patients of all sorts safely? Okay. Uh, so at this point, um, uh, there are uh, protocols with regards to the use of PPE, and uh, uh, all the four organizations talk regularly about that. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, most of the protocol, a lot of this is aligned uh, in terms of uh, protecting our, our frontline workers. Very, very important to do so. But at the same time, also not burning the PPE uh uh, the, the supplies that we have at this time um, for, uh, you know, to make sure that we have enough when the surge actually hits. So uh, that balance is, is very closely looked at by, uh, by the leadership of uh, all, all the four organizations here. Um, and uh, the protocols are uh, changed accordingly. Um, so at this time, uh, anybody that is taking care of patients in direct patient care area, uh, everybody does have uh, a mask and they do have a PPE requirement that they very strictly adhere to. Uh, and the adherence uh, in, in uh, all the settings is extremely good with, with respect to that. Which... And with respect to the frontline, um, uh, immer- uh, the other essential workers, uh, Gail, you want to Yes, we've gotten a couple orders um, and big deliveries from the state supply and from the federal supply. So um, as soon as it comes in, it's getting shipped out to the um, EMS programs and the police and fire and all the communities in our area. And as soon as it comes in, it gets gets shipped back out. So it looks like for now we're doing pretty well. Uh, and when you, say, when you say for now, uh, does that mean that we've got a supply that will last us for a week, two weeks? Because we don't know when or if we're going to get more in. So can, can you say at this point, uh, how, how are we equipped for the, the short and the long term? Well, I think we, we believe that we're um, pretty well set for a month. Um, that's talking to Dr. Sunderation and I. It looks like we, we think that's, that's a good place. But we keep sending in requests as people start to know in the planning. Um, so we think we're pretty good for a month and expect to keep getting some deliveries. Do we know yet what role the, the Vibra uh, hospital acquisition is going to play in all of this? We've gotten very few details from the state on it. What are they telling you about when this might be operational, how it might be used, uh, and, and what role it's going to play in the local and regional response? Well, we're getting little bits of information about it. Um, I, we still don't have a total picture because I think it is something that's, that's 
kind of unknown at this time. Uh, I've heard that it's intended to be as an operational as a medical facility to help with any um, kind of like a, a pressure release for if the hospitals have more patients than they can handle. There's also discussion about people who were infected that are, you know, still need some hospital type care, but not the level of care that, a, you know, that the hospital would be providing. So maybe there's a place for them to go in the interim, as you know, discharge them out of the big hospitals and put them in a smaller place to recover. Um, those kind of things have been being discussed, but I don't have any real details um, yet. And, and finally, to the both of you, uh, I, I'm hearing some discussion about possible plasma treatments where people who have, as we've noted, we've got people here who have are considered now recovered from it, may have antibodies built up, and perhaps their blood uh, could be donated or transfused into others to uh, to help them fight off this infection as well. Is that something that's actually you know being contemplated? Is it something that there's some science or evidence behind it uh, actually working and and is it something that can be looked at as a possible therapy here even locally yes actually this was looked at by uh, researchers and john hopkins almost a month ago and uh, there's quite a lot of uh, information now that this is something uh, which we need to seriously consider um, and here in springfield um, uh, all the organizations are looking at the availability um, we are fortunately not uh, uh, the top priority at this time. There are uh, other other places, other states where the numbers are much higher, and uh, there are really sick people who who need this. So uh, I, I believe there is some kind of a, a prioritization there. But we are looking into it very seriously to see um, uh, who can be potential donors. Um, we don't really have an idea of how many asymptomatic people in this community uh, may actually have uh, a COVID uh, infection. And uh, 21 days to 28 days after they're uh, infected or exposed, uh, they are capable of producing antibodies. Uh, We don't have a good enough test to even look at those antibodies at this time, but uh, all that uh, is to be expected. Uh, If the antibodies are positive and um, uh, there is a lab-confirmed evidence of COVID infection, these are the only two groups they're looking at right now, or or people with these two um, uh, parameters. Uh, So 28 days out and uh, lab-confirmed COVID test who can potentially be donors. But uh, that definitely uh, is something to look for. There's a lot of research going on, a lot of information that is coming out, and uh, all the organizations here in uh, in Springfield are are looking at that very closely as well. Before I let the two of you go, uh, I continue to see on social media uh, uh, what seems to me at least to be a growing number of people expressing frustration with the lengthy stay-at-home order, the shutdown of businesses, the worries over the economic impact here. People starting to get frustrated about this, starting to want to know when we're going to get back to normal. What's your message to people who are feeling that frustration at this point? Well, mine would be, um, yes, I understand the frustration and the concern. Um, and we've already invested a good month into this, and we'd hate to lose all, the, all that we've gained during this time without going on a little bit farther to go through the pain or the, the discomfort or the, the change of our lifestyle. But, you know, we, we're not through with this yet. And I just want to add, uh, it is inconvenient, um, definitely inconvenient, but this 
does work. These public health measures do work. We have uh, seen this in other countries where they have been able to slow down the spread of the virus, uh, flatten the curve, so as to speak, and it definitely is effective. In fact, some data coming out of Rush University uh, has even shown that our curve may have uh, flattened a little bit um, in, in uh, comparison to other states where the numbers are very, very high. So we are somewhere in between a fast epidemic versus a slow epidemic. So we're somewhere in, in between. So these measures do work. And what we are doing in our state, uh, in fact, something which was instituted in a timely and an early manner has has seemed to have helped. So uh, I really want to reinforce that it's very, very important for us to continue to do what we are doing uh, because uh, that, that potentially has a lot of benefit for us in terms of slowing the spread of the virus. Sangamon County Public Health Director Gail O'Neill and the County Medical Director Dr. Vidya Sundaration, thank you both so much, as always, for your time. We greatly appreciate it, and we'll be talking again soon. Thank you. Thank you.